Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. First touch, strong connection, it lays deep in your soul. Hi, this is Nancy Yerell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a fabulous guy here today. William Tucker is here. And William, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you so much, Nancy. Pleasure to be there. And uh, yeah, really nice that you invited me. Yes. Now, do you go by William or Bill? What do I call you? I go by William because my dad goes by Bill. Is you okay? That give... <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel like your dad. Okay, I got you. Well, yeah. you guys, William's here today because he has spent, oh my gosh, and I don't know how many years we'll have to ask him, him and his wife, um, they've helped over 100,000 kids and civilians in the slums of India. They've improved their quality of life through literacy, education, emergency aid, and other philanthropic initiatives. As a co-founder of Charity United, and that's what it's called, it's a U.S.-based charity that provides humanitarian aid to children and civilians in need. Now, William um, has ensured that uh, children receive food, clothing, shelter, and education. Uh, He's worked as an educational specialist and um, he's just done a lot of stuff across the world. He actually sold his own house and went to live in the slums. And we're going to talk to him about that. And what I said to him is we've got a big um, population here of homeless in the United States. So we're going to talk about that today, too. But, William, I want to hear your story. How did you decide that this is what you're going to do? Okay, well. First of all, you know, since a young age, you know, I've done a lot of volunteering, okay? And I think, you know, I partly have my grandmother to thank for that, okay? She was one of the uh, first female sociologists uh, in Sweden uh, and and had to break the whole gender barrier, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so as a 14-year-old, she actually, and she used to do a lot of field work, uh, you know, and, and was very interested in the, the family side of things. So at the age of 14, um, you know, I managed to tag along as her luggage boy. <laughs> she loved it. That's you good. know, yeah. And, and, and she took me to uh, Tanzania uh, in Africa. And I had the shock of my life. I had a real reality adjustment, right? Uh, I all of a sudden saw, you know, kids drinking out mud pools, right? Having nothing, um, you know, selling, trying to sell anything they could, you know, and uh, that was a real eye-opener for me. So that kind of like set me, okay, you know, uh, there's other things, you know, than just myself going on in the world. Uh, and it was a real eye-opener. So that just progressed through the years. And, you know, I've always, you know, worked in, you know, all sorts of volunteer stuff, uh, you know, worked with juveniles, uh, drug education, human rights education. Um, uh you know so so this just kind of naturally progressed about seven years ago i was a vp at the research lab natural health um so it just wasn't fulfilling for me okay um 
And then my wife happened to be traveling in Eastern Europe and run across the uh, the refugees from the Syrian war, right? And where she got, there were, uh, you know, there were, there were no aid stations, right? But here were all these little kids uh, that had lost everything through their sea travel, you know, with their parents. Right. We're in shorts and t-shirts and you're going into an Arctic snow zone, right? You know, those kids are not going to live. Right. Some, so my wife gave me a call and said, hey, this is going on. Yeah. And uh, we made the decision, okay, you stay. Let's do something about this, right? Yeah. And that was kind of like the beginning of like really starting to take it super serious, right? Um, you know. She did. She did something about it. Tell what she did or what you um, did, actually. Well, you know, I have to give her the credit for starting it, right? Uh, right. You know, Back in 2015, really... right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she, so at the time, we called ourselves Winter Clothes for Refugees because that's what was needed, right? Okay. And, you know, she just met up with some local uh, volunteers, some of them Muslims, some of them Christian, living in like a village, and 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 these people were poor. But but these men would would come out every night at 6 o'clock after work and stay until four o'clock in the morning trying to help these kids and refugees, right? When they had nothing, uh, you know, so we hooked up with them and, uh, you know, started arranging some funding and, you know, pretty soon became clear that we couldn't afford this all ourselves. <laughs> so, you know, we started a fundraiser and just letting people know what was really going on, right. um, you know? Uh, so, so... How did they get the coats to you? How did that happen? I mean, how was the logistics of that? And where did they come from? Well, you know, that's a very interesting question, right? Because like a lot of people do clothes gathering and then, you know, ship them across and we see charities do this. Yeah. That is so uneconomical, right? It's actually cheaper to buy clothes on the ground mm -hmm. than to collect secondhand clothes for free and ship them across the world. Right. So uh, plus there's another interesting thing. Right. And, and this is why you, you get a lot of conflict in uh, around refugees. When aid organizations just come in and start dumping all sorts of materials in an area. Right. The area gets saturated and the whole economy for the existing people gets destroyed. Uh, uh, you know, uh, because of an. Um, you know, there's there's literally too much clothes and 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 stuff flying around, and it gets left behind. Okay, um, so instead, what we did is we went to the local markets and bought from <laughs> the local merchants. Yeah, that's good though. That's good for the economy. Sure. And that's good for the economy. And all of a sudden, you start getting all the local support, and everybody stays happy. Okay. Nice. Yeah. On top of that, all, it's cheap. <laughs> it's, it's a it's an even exchange. It's the yin and the yang. It's the balance that you've achieved. Exactly right. right. And on top of that, it's cheaper. Sure. It's cheaper. The money donated goes further because right. you're not shipping containers around the world. You're not right. paying for storage for anywhere. Right. You're not paying taxes on the import, right? <laughs> because uh, even secondhand clothes, you pay taxes for. We've seen tens of thousands of dollars wasted. You know. Where, where it was just in fees and transport, uh, where the value of the stuff arriving was less than half of that. Right, which doesn't make any sense. But you helped 100,000, you and your wife, yeah. uh, Megan. I'm going to give Megan credit here too. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, she started the foundation. You guys did it together, and uh, 100,000 refugees stayed warm. Yes, absolutely. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So you've been to how many different countries now doing this stuff, helping people? Ooh, you know, well, 12, you know, 12, mm -hmm. you know, some of my, uh, you know, I tried to go to, to, and in the beginning, you know, as we were starting, we were really just finding out what's the right way of doing it, right? Okay. So we took a very different approach than most organizations, right? Most okay. organizations go, okay, oh, there's poor people there. They obviously need food, clothing, shelter, this, that, and the other, right? Right. Uh, and it's our preconceived idea of what's useful for them, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, we went, yeah, so we went to South Africa, um, and I went to a place called Etwatwa. Okay. okay. This is one of the first real slums I went into, right? And Etwatwa is Zulu, and it means machine gun fire. Oh, okay. God. Wow. <laughs> Just so you understand. Yeah. So Meng and I go in here and we're wondering why the hell are we going here, right? Yeah. This is not healthy, but we really wanted to get, you know, at bottom ground level to see, okay. What's going on? What's going on, right? Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, so so that's what we did. And to put it in perspective, when I tell my friends in Soweto, hey, I went to a Twatwa, they're in shock, right? Because they will not step foot in that <laughs> in that place. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a really interesting experience because there we arrive on the ground. You know, uh, you know, we actually brought oranges in as a treat for all the kids, just for initial contact, right? So you can pop out of the car, start doing something and make friends. Because you really, that's what you have to do. Okay. Uh, I've never seen politer kids in my life. I was in shock. Okay. These kids, even though they have nothing, even they, though they're working, you know, scavenging uh, through garbage, live in shacks, no running water, no toilets. They have manners like you would not believe. <laughs> okay. It's not interesting. I was in shock, right? I mean, yeah. uh, anyway, so so very rapidly, you know, we made friends, started talking to some of the adults, you know, yeah. uh, talk with them. They said, ah, you know, we like you. We make sure nobody kills you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you very much. Well, you know, that's well, wonderful. Well, as you're telling me this, I guess what I'm really thinking, and maybe the audience is too, as you're telling the story, and you're afraid to go there, but yet there's children living there. Right. You know, you know and, 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 and as you're saying this and don't think I'm out there because I'm really not as I'm thinking, you know, you're talking about machine guns and I'm thinking about Chicago and I'm thinking about L.A. And I'm thinking about this is happening here now. When you said the machine guns, it made me think, well, that's what's going on here. People aren't safe and kids aren't safe and drive bys. And were, how many kids are killed like on a weekend because there were drive-bys and there was a kid sleeping in their bed. I mean, that's what's happened where you have been has made it here to the United States. And I just, it's crazy, I, you know? I, I completely agree with you, you know? And it's been one of the things that I've been looking at, like, like you know, uh, yeah. while I've been out, out here doing stuff, you know, and yeah. going... Um, you know, some of this reminds me of home, you know? Uh, That's what I'm saying. It's come, we need it's... to get to work at home, right? 
Um, well, it's yeah, and that's why I'm I'm so I'll tell you why I'm really on a soapbox about this. I, I just yeah. moved to Arizona recently, and then I saw on the news that, and I didn't realize this. You know, we get in our own little bubbles, right? And we don't even realize. It. And there were like a thousand, more than a thousand people slept on the street last night in Phoenix. And I think to myself, here we are, and we're not in an underdeveloped country. And there's a thousand people, more than a thousand, that slept on the street on a concrete, right? And then I saw another statistic, which is so sad, which goes back, there were like 46% more teenagers who were homeless just here in this one area. Right. I think, okay, so as, as this happens, I mean, I and you got the ref, and then you've got, not to get into a whole nother deal, we could do a whole show on the on the border. So then we've got all these other people coming in. Yeah. And, and I have to bring this up because this is all in the news right now. And here's what I, I saw yesterday. It was crazy. So, and I want to get your take on this because you're in this, okay. this is what you do. So yeah. they bring all these people into New York and they're refugees from, they're from all different countries and they put them in a five-star hotel, 300 bucks a night. And they're doing their, whatever they do they're not used to this they're some people are drinking some people are doing drugs there's there's uh, fighting there's sexual activity in the hallways there's all kinds of stuff so then they they move them out <laughs> you see this absolutely and they don't want to go <laughs> and the worst is they don't want to go and then they're like all the food that they gave them and this is our fault, I have to say. I mean, you can't bring in refugees and then try to give them a hamburger and a hot dog. It doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, and you were just talking about that. But they're throwing all the food away that they brought in for them. You yeah. know, so I want you to talk. What do you think about all this? I mean, you've got to be watching this go on right here. Oh, believe me, you know, uh, we, we've watched this for a, a very long time, right? And part right. of the reason we set up Charity United is because we were so sick and tired of the waste, of the money thrown away, of the just outright corruption uh, uh, involving emergency aid. Okay, and this may be an unpopular subject to talk about, but the place where we were had three huge tents, you know, when we began, you know, representing the United Nations. And when right. I'm saying huge, they, they, they each covered a parking lot, right? Right. There was a diesel generator running 24-7, powering one light bulb, okay? They had stood there for months, and they were empty. Meantime, uh, thousands of refugees were coming by every day, and it was the private organizations that were taking responsibility. It was the moms and pops, you know, from around the world that we're funding this, all right? And we know that that budget for that tent and, and operation was was over a million euros, you know, because we're in Europe. Right, but nobody's, nothing using was... it? nobody's using it? It's just sitting there? Is that what No, you're... and we couldn't use it, you know? We had to set up our own little tent, you know? <laughs> uh, so the bureaucracy, you know, gets involved. And that's, you know, that's where yeah. I'm at with it too. You know, I, I don't... I know you're funded 
by who are you funded by united states or united nations who are you funded by Can I ask i'm funded by nobody except moms and pops oh, and, and just the okay. average person right yeah, so because, so good good because you know be, i've <laughs> <laughs> well i tell you what that that's important because our government it doesn't know how to do it and so people have got to take over and this is what i think i wanted to ask you what you felt you know i think that each community has to and I think you address this, that each community has to come together and take care of their own at this point. Well, you know, it's very funny you say that because I just spent six weeks in Ireland starting yeah. a new program called the Community Literacy Coalition, yeah. right? Where I'm where I'm going into communities and activating people in the community and, and giving that exact message. Unless you pull together as a community, uh, right? Uh, uh, and solve it yourselves, right? Yeah. You know, which has always been done traditionally, right? If you look throughout history, you know, there, you know, there've been so many organizations that are not government that have always taken care of these social issues, mm -hmm. and and now it's all, you know, being campaigned for and election promises this way and that way, right? And yeah. I I really don't want to get into politics myself, right? right. Because I'm like doesn't matter which side to me is in or out, right? Um, um, we need real solutions, okay? I want to take you a little bit on the journey and, and, and circle back to this, uh, right? Because um, I can give you a much more interesting perspective that way. Okay. Okay. So when I went to these slums, I went and surveyed people. I went and asked everybody, kids, adults, what would help you what would make a difference right and also in the refugee aid you know i was always asking okay what are you running into right um and being very observant of what they were talking about not what my perspective was on the situation right yes. because i know that my perspective on the uh, situation could not be right That's because there's true. many smarter people than me and the problem hasn't been solved right, <laughs> right? and you're not living it they're living it they're living exactly it. Right. Okay. Uh, and I can step out because I can go to a warm room at 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 the end of the night and at least have a shower, um, you know, or even early in the morning, whatever. Right. I have a little place where I can retreat to and step out of it. Okay. So, um, and you'd expect people to say, "Oh, we need food," or you know, "We want money," or you know, "We need clothing," or or <laughs> those weren't the majority answers. Would they the answer say? was always. So we'd like to 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 be able to get education. We'd like to be literate, right? If we can get literate, if we can like make it through an education, then we can get out of here, right? So that was uh, a really interesting uh, answer. So my next question was, well, what do you want to get educated on, right? Yeah. yeah. And they kept saying English. Oh, they right? want to learn English, yeah. They want to learn English because everybody knows we now live in a global economy, right? And it is possible to step up on the ladder with the technology we have if you can communicate to people, right? If you are literate, if you can read or write, especially in English, right? Now, I wouldn't put English any above any other language necessarily, right? But from a global perspective, yeah, you know. Uh, being able to enter a global market is, is how some of these places actually really are able to climb out, 
um, of the conditions there. So, so, and that's when we really started switching from emergency aid, right? Because another thing with emergency aid, it never stops. It never stops. One war ends, the new one starts, right? Uh, it's an endless cycle. Uh, so you're better off teaching them how to take care of themselves. How to take care of themselves and maybe, you know, not vote for, 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 for idiots or, or yeah, you understand, or be able to organize themselves so, so that they right. can right. take control of their own communities or own situation. Have because... you seen success since you've been doing it? Since you, because I know you provided books. You have a grammar book that you created. Yes. Uh, that's just one little thing, right? And that, that's part of the journey. Um, so because the answer was okay, we want we want to become literate, so we can actually yeah. make it make it through school. So we have the opportunity to go to university. Yeah. And it was English. I said okay. So I took all the English programs that I could find, right? Uh, in order to like okay, let's start teaching and set up classes in slums. Mm -hmm. So what do you get? Everybody starts with a grammar book, right? Yeah. How to learn English? English grammar book conjugation. Blah blah blah. And it's a failure, right? We can't even graduate our own kids in English schools or in the US or in England or uh, Australia, knowing grammar or correct, uh, you know, we can't even get our own people literate. Why are we using this same system in slums to people who are steps below because they get completely lost. And we kind of started looking at this. And again, I was a vice president of the research lab. So just took a very, very analytical approach, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and went, okay, well, how does somebody learn language, right? And and who teaches the best? Okay, well, who's the best? Who are the best teachers on earth, right? Yeah. Uh, moms, right? Okay. They successfully teach every kid to speak a language, sometimes more than one, right? So they obviously are doing something right. They know how to to start a kid off in language, you know, and when we go yeah. to school... You know, even in the U.S., and say, oh, I'm going to learn German or Russian or Chinese. Yeah. You know, most of us come out of that class not being able to speak Russian, Chinese, Spanish or whatever class we took. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, my daughter did pretty good in Spanish, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I'm sure. And there are exceptions. Right. Yeah. But the question is, isn't can you have an exception? No. The question is, how do you get everybody through? Right. Because that's the problem. Uh, you know, because that exception is is that person who's already gifted or driven or who lucks into a really good teacher, uh, you know, but it's not your general scene, right? Most Americans don't speak a second language. That's uh, true. Other than Spanish, because we have... Other than Spanish or un unless their family is from... You know, right, and then they speak the second language because they speak it at home. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly, right? But it's not, not introduced through schools, right? Right. Uh, so anyway, this was looked at and go, okay, so, but how does a mom teach language? Well, they don't give them a grammar book, no. right? So obviously you don't start with a grammar book. Anyway, to cut it all short, it's like, you know, you want to correct sequence for learning language. First, you need to have a spoken vocabulary, right? Because if you don't at least know some words, how can you learn to read? If you know no German words, if you don't have like a couple of hundred word German spoken vocabulary. You need a basis, yeah. Yeah, you have no chance to start reading German, right? Uh, not going to happen, right? <laughs> Pure idiocy, but that's how we teach. 
right? So well, we when started I was stepping in Germany, in... I'm going to stop you. When I yeah. was in Germany, gosh, I was probably 20 years old and I was in Germany and I was young and I just learned from the people. Right. You learn from the people. You learn from going to the store and you, oh, the Metzgras, the meat market. Oh, and the, the landlady says, you know, in Schuligan. And then you're like, oh, you know, and you start to realize and you pick stuff up. So I guess it is by people speaking it more than Well, anything. that's immersion, right? And it's one way. Yeah. But how you take this into a, a quick classroom setting. Well, what does a mom do? How does a mom establish a basic vocabulary? Yeah. She points at an object. It says... She says Apple. The, yeah, yeah, apple or wall. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I thought, okay, let's try this. Yeah. So I said, okay. I pointed at the floor and I said floor. Yeah. Right. And I repeated it five times. And next thing you know, all these kids are saying the English word what? floor. <laughs> right. And say, hey, good. Point at the sky. Right. Sky. They got it. Right. 25 minutes later, they have a 20 word vocabulary. Right, because we repeat it over and over and over, you know, until yeah. they, they got it down cold. So we yeah. started doing this every day. In a week or two, they, they, they had 200 words. And now we could start reading, right? Now we could start to teach reading. But now we can do now. We actually introduced flashcards at that point and got them up to a 400-word vocabulary using flashcards, right? Yeah. 20 animals, you know. Now, this is in India, correct? This is in India, yeah. Like, Pat, yeah. like where are you? In uh, you know, I'm I'm in the um, slums of Delhi, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And you know, so people living under free freeway. We've given classes under freeways, right? That's where we, you know, we just put a blanket down and you know, uh, uh, start, right? Because uh, yeah. that's the only only way you're in the shade or out of the rain, right? Uh, so, but you know, this worked really well, and uh, then we got okay. So now we start beating, right? And then everything just fell to pieces again, uh, because like, where do you start with them? I mean, took a kind of analogy, you know, I did an analysis. Okay, like, what what is their trouble? What's the what is the trouble they're running into? Right? Mm -hmm. It's the small words of the English language. Oh. Airplane. airplane is easy to teach. The word airplane. Right? Sure. Simple. Yeah. All right. What about the word at? Right? There's five basic definitions, five basic ways we use the word at, you know? But I ask people, hey, can you read the five meanings of the word at? You know? They look at me in shock, right? <laughs> right? How about the word to, right? T O. Well, two is a little easier. No, it has 10 basic. <laughs> <laughs> at is the easiest one. Oh, right? my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, what right? do you do? So what'd you do? Well, we started seeing this. Okay, that's where the problem lies, you know? Um, and, and then we looked at this and then we found out that, you know, there's, there's uh, about a hundred small words, right? Like this, in, at, on, as, to, a, uh, the, right? Yeah. That are 30 to 50% of every English sentence. Okay, so those, those hundred words are 30 to 50% of any sentence, I challenge you to look in a book, right? Yeah. And in actual fact, I can take five of those words out of your vocabulary and you can no longer give me a fluent English sentence. You're completely handicapped. That's how much we use it, but we never think of it, okay? So uh, when that became clear, right, 
then it's like, okay, how do we solve this? All right. And uh, we had a really interesting idea, you know, and it was a guess at first. But I thought, hey, why don't I make little booklets, you know, that are visual? Uh, I'll hold one up, you know, let's see. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm not camera. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, it's that, that focus level. Anyway, it has a little elephant called Ollie the Elephant, and uh, you'll just have to take my word for it by now. And it says, where is Ollie at? Oh, there we go. Go up. Go up. And over towards you. Go towards you. There you go. There it is. Almost. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Ollie the elephant. Learning made easy. English basic word number one. I love it. All right. Okay. So it's the word at, but it's the first meaning of the word at, right? And I have five more booklets for the word at. Oh no. Oh, right. Oh, Each God. one of them. Each one of them covering one of the ways we use uh, English, right? The at in English, right? So the first one is where is that only at? So you go to page one, uh, we give the meaning. Used to show the place or position of someone or something. And again, I can't show you this on this camera, but but you can see that it has a full page illustration afterwards, right? And then, then we give an example. Ollie is at home, Ollie's sitting in his living room, okay? Um, Next page, Ollie is at the door, at shows place or position, right? Ollie is at the stove, yeah? Ollie at the stove cooking some food. But right. full page illustrations, right? 20, 20 examples of how to use, you know, so that you completely understand that one way of using the word, right? Crazy. Next thing, yeah, it's crazy. Next thing, you have the second book, and this is a big clock because the second meaning of at is used to show time. Meet right. me at six o'clock, you know? Uh, so at shows time, right. right? Yeah. And then we have 20 illustrated example. Again, it's Ollie the elephant. Ollie wakes at sunrise, right? Uh, Ollie has breakfast at 7.30. Ollie goes to school at eight, right? Uh, but full page illustration. Did they get it? Did they get it when you did this? Like when they did this, this was mind blowing. The moment we started doing this, everything, you know, we started getting 100% of the kids able to read and understand, right? Uh, rather easily. Uh, so this became very exciting. I've, you know, so by now I have over a hundred of these booklets made. I was right? going to say, so is Megan, is Megan in the background doing the books? Are you doing the books? How are you guys We're doing this? We're both doing the books, right? Um, <laughs> like I was in the slums, you know, and I, I and, and she was in South Africa at the time and I was in India and COVID, you know, you couldn't go anywhere. Oh gosh. And, Right. And we were stuck on different continents. So I was like, fine, I'm just moving into a slum and I actually went and lived in a slum for a year. And that's that's where I was figuring this all out. Um, so um, anyway, what so, else so, did you learn? Well, let's hold off a second. What else yeah. did you learn while you were living there? Tell me what else you learned. Well, one of the uh, you know, I've heard so many times, you know, that that quote unquote um, disadvantaged or poor people. You know, they, they don't have their kids um, go to school because they have to work to make money and support the family, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this may or may not be true in some places. I've never found it to be true in, in practice, right? In mm -hmm. fact, okay. when I go to, into a slum, um, at times I have parents offering me money. It's going to be like, a dollar fifty, right? <laughs> Which is a huge sum for them, right? Sure. To please yeah. 
keep tutoring their kids. Like they actually start offering me money. Uh, you'll get some parents that like escort their kids to the class you've set up, uh, right? Um, and in different cultures and different places, you know, there's different views. You know, one of my biggest troubles is, you know, is like to get the parents away, right? Because the, the kid is not paying attention, the oh, kid may it... get a beating, right? <laughs> right? And I have to be like, hey, you know, oh, yeah. being knocked over the head doesn't give you extra IQ points, right? If that worked, please knock me over the head, right? Because I want to be smarter. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this with the books? You know, this is really the last two and a half years, and I'm kind of been in pilot stage, um, figuring it out. Uh, I mean, we learned so much about, you how know, learn, you learn how kids learn. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're learning from them, right? Because we'll make a yeah. booklet. And yeah. instead of me sitting there academically, this is the proper way to learn. And this is what they should know. I'm like, no, okay. So if I give this to a kid, yeah. right, what's the result? Can they get through this? You know, where do they get stuck? Mm. Right. Mm. So, so we've kept on. One of the biggest things I learned, right, which, which was just amazing, is that kid reads pic read pictures, usually in the same sequence as the sentence, right? Okay. And and I learned this because I had this sentence in 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 the booklets for and, right? Uh, one of the meanings of and is to show difference, right? Uh, she is old, and he is young. Right. And is used to show difference there, not to show there's more than one thing. <laughs> okay. okay. And and is used to to point out the difference. But my illustration was backwards. You know, I had the young boy first and an older lady, uh, you know, in the reverse sequence of the sentence. And they knew it. No. So they all thought that she was he, that young was old. Because the picture, you know, was in, in the opposite. The association, because they were association. It would be right. like apple and orange. If you put the apple and the orange in the wrong place, they would be confused on which was which. Exactly. Well, actually, they are not confused. They're very certain that the orange is the apple and the apple is the orange. Right. right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, oh, my God, right? I've been doing this all wrong. So I have to go through and correct a whole bunch of the images. Oh my gosh. I do all the illustrations, right? So 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 you know, and if you know a little bit about art, you know, or you know, or even marketing, eye trail of of it is a very important part of composition, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, so so we started making the eye trail of the images the exact same as the you know, as how the sentence would read, right? Right? And and all of a sudden these kids are just able they to grasp. Yeah. They can put it together because they look yeah. at the picture and they look at the sentence and they can They're figure like, oh, it out. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. I could do that and learn Italian. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> right. And I've actually tested, uh, you know, some of this in a different language that I Have didn't you? speak, right? Yeah. And when yeah. I saw it myself, I was like, I was shocked. I'm like, wow, I can learn this language. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> forget, forget. Uh, what is it, Rosetta Stone? <laughs> yeah, because you know. Anyway, so 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 because, but. Even when you're trying to speak German or, or, or you know, like what's always, uh, you know, what's the biggest stumbling block? You don't know how to structure the sentence. 
Right. And you don't know how to tie it together with the small words. Correct. Right? Like in, at, on, as, to, for, right? Let's move on a little bit because we're, yeah. we're <laughs> we, we only have an hour show. But yeah. I just want to know where are you guys at right now and what's going on right now? Because you've made a lot of progress with the books. You've taught these kids, it sounds like, in India, at least, to speak English. Yeah. Sentence together, you know. So Yeah, when, and they're passing their classes easier now, right? Yeah. So so their grades are going up, right? Because literacy is the foundation of education. Do you follow up with these kids? Like, you're all over the place, but then do you, is there a follow-up where you come back and check on them and see how things are going? Is there somebody that you leave behind in charge? that you? I always with? find local volunteers, and right. I work with the local volunteers, because if I, if I, if I educate or, or help some local volunteers out, how, you know, then it keeps going, right? right. That's what um, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Okay. So, so that's kind of how we work it. Well, and, and you know, I just spent six weeks in Ireland because uh, I was now like, why Ireland? I I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought. But yeah. Why I've been to Ireland? I love I'm Irish and Scottish. Why Ireland? Why did you? I mean, because you wouldn't think that's some place that. But then here we are in the United States. Are they in the same boat that we are? What's going on? Well, the original thing was, uh, you know, wars never end. So Ireland was full of Ukrainian refugees who spoke no English whatsoever. Adults, you know, who arrived. Get put up in hotels, blah blah blah. Same right? thing. Same thing, you know, and 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 that's where you know it all dead ends. So I thought, okay, uh, and I have some. Uh, my sister in law is Irish, so yeah. uh, you know, she's like hey, so, <laughs> she's like hey, come over here. And I said, okay, yeah, let's let's see. Is, is is this? Do we have the same problem in the West? Right? Yeah. So we went to Ireland to just start up, uh, you know, we thought, okay, what, what's if we find all the local volunteer groups who want to help people in the community and we, and we show them this, you know, what we have and see if we can't help them help, you know, refugees. Um, yeah, and that just started going really well. I mean, uh, you know, we started with Ukrainian, but, you know, uh, kind of word of mouth spread, you know, and then we started getting people from the Algerian community, you know, from Egyptian community, Sudanese community, Ghana, right? Um, but we were enabling them to to help each other, right? So that was our next stage. Like, you know, okay, can we get others to go with this, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 where does it, you know, where does it stop? Where does it bug you know where do people run into problems again you know so that you can empower the community to do something about there you go what's happening in their community right, right. and yeah that's really so it. That, and that's yeah. what we have to do here too you know because as you talk I, this is so interesting and so wonderful that you've done this first of all let me just say that this is so great mm -hmm. that you've devoted you and your wife um to this work i mean it's just amazing and that you've taken the time you know, to figure this out to help humanity. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a big deal. But I like what you say about community because we've lost that. And maybe they did in Ireland too. You correct me if I'm wrong. But it used to be here. We had small towns and everybody stuck together. And th there's a lot of small towns that still do stuck stick together and help each other. But then you get you go into the big cities. We were talking about LA and you said you had a recent trip. 
what what did you see when you were there and what did you feel yeah you know uh, you know i was driving through la um and uh all of a sudden i see all these tents by the side of the road right but not just a few hundreds right and as i'm driving through this neighborhood you know, it's like you know within five miles of hollywood you know in beverly hills uh, and I think the, it's something ridiculous that they have like 50,000 homeless within a five, five, 10 mile right, radius. It's the have and the have not. So you've got these people in these big houses and then you've got people in tents. This is I know, right? And, 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 and I'm going, this looks like South Africa. I mean, I feel like I'm, I, I'm in Soweto, right? I feel like I'm in, except that in Soweto, there's some places where, the, where it's cleaner, right? Uh, uh, you know? So, Did you talk so to anybody? It, did you stop and talk to any any of the people that were in these tents or did you interact at all? No, I was just driving by and at the time I didn't interact just because, you know, I was on my way somewhere, actually, right, you know, right. I'm just asking. but but it's certainly, yeah, well, it's certainly stuck and I'm like, okay, we have to do something about this, right? But that's during a time period when I'm still figuring out, okay, you know, how do I get people literate? Because to me, you know, when I've looked at all of this, you know, yeah, you can do emergency aid. That will be never ending, right? Uh, you can give people a house, you know? That doesn't solve their 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 life situation, um, right? No, Unless you Well, let me put it this differently, right? Unless you empower, and I mean, it's not saying you shouldn't give them a house, right? No. But unless you empower them, you know, so they can, you know, make their own future. Okay, hold on. Huh? I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. I'm actually a real estate broker and have been for yeah. 20-some years. Yeah. And I will tell you, when someone has their own home, it does empower them. Because that is true. It's true. And, I'm, and I know that from experience. And my big thing, I'm just telling you this, William, yeah. because it's, it's, you know, it's weird that we're connecting. Of course, nothing is accidental. You know, I do this yeah. show for a reason. Yeah. But it's just been in the recent weeks and that I've started to recognize what you recognized a long time ago within other countries, I'm starting to see it. I see it here. Like oh. you're seeing it here. And I think to myself, okay, what do you do in my mind? And you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but in my mind, if we could just build affordable housing and, and not let the government do it because then it gets all screwed up and the money doesn't go where it's supposed to go. So somehow there has to be some wise souls that have that can this is what i think i think eventually we'll have some wise elders that sit on a council and that say okay it looks like uh california needs some housing and let's send somebody who has uh no uh personal gain in to get this done and get housing properly for people because it does empower them to make them want to get up in the morning because they have a warm bed to sleep in and they have a shower to get into you know like i do right i can go camping and this is how i know this i can go camping as long as i can take a shower <laughs> but when you can't take a shower you just feel gross you know what i mean and you don't feel right i don't know i'm just saying i just feel like each community needs to get together and I don't know how to organize this. Maybe you do. And maybe we all need to get together and figure it out. But if each community could get together and just solve their own issues, like you were saying and do solve the housing issue, 
What do you think, Wayne? That's my idea. Okay. That's, That's your idea. idea. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Talk to me. I'm going to try and give, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm see, seeing, okay, how do I say this, right? Okay. Um, if you go to slums around the world, right, and go to places, again, right, I would ask people, what, what do you need and want? What, what's going to make a difference, right? Um, they come up with education, you know, so that they are empowered and can make their own future. Right. Think that with the people that are homeless right now on the streets of LA. I'm not saying that they don't want a place to live and don't deserve one. Those are entirely different, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, we we need to do something for them, right? That this is an issue, right? But like, how did they become homeless in the first place? Well, and that's you know, a lot of times people have Mm -hmm. hardship and they don't have family and they end up on the street. Sometimes it's drugs, sometimes it's mental illness. So we know there's. I mean, believe me, I've seen it. I've I've gone to the side. You know, I've I've spoken to so many people on the side of the road that are homeless. You know, around the world. Yeah. Right. And I really, really like. Okay, how'd you get here? Well, they're all like, well, you know, you know, I failed in school. Right. We're teaching people in a way that they're not getting useful information. Right, the amount of the amount of university graduates that I talked to that were sitting beside the road selling potatoes or eggs to try and make out a a a, a slice of existence, right, with almost nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and, when, yeah, Willie, when you say that, I just wonder. Also, you know, we used to ta- we used to have vocational um, classes in school. We used yeah. to teach like mechanics. We used to teach like woodworking. They used to yeah. teach electronics. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. They used to yeah, teach yeah. stuff. But now I, I've taken those subjects as a kid. Yeah, me too. And they don't do it anymore. And I think, I love what you're talking about because yeah. it makes sense. And thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we could bring back some of the vocational, just like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, this'll, this you'll probably agree with me. I bet 95% of the kids today that are 16 to 25 don't know how to change a tire. I agree. Absolutely. Right. But let me ask you this. So you're a real estate agent. You know? uh, I'm just, now I'm doing this full time. So I've yeah, got yeah, 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 I understand. But, but, yeah. but how did you get that? Did you go to university and get a real estate uh, agent diploma? I went to school. But how did you learn to be a real estate agent? I went to school, and then I used my own gumption and my own uh, ah, arts. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, but you didn't learn real estate agent in school. No, no, I learned it by doing. By doing exactly it. right. So you became literate, yes. right? And you were able to read easily, right? Mm-hmm. And then your future opened up, and you had choice. Sure, you have a choice, right? Right. You have a choice, and, and keep, you know. But the way we're educating right now is like, oh, people should have a diploma, right? Wow, no, no that's not the purpose of education, right? To education learn. should right. get right. to learn and to prepare a child so they can follow their dreams, right? So, so, so they can achieve what they want to in life, right? And that should be your curriculum. Obviously, that's going to have a few basics, right? Reading, writing, arithmetic, right? Because if you know those, you can take it yourself, right? My point is that that most of these people that you find, you know, not digging themselves out, never got the chance, never got the attention they needed. In school. In school, 
you know, mm. because, you know. Maybe they felt uh, like for whatever reason, maybe they were ADD or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and again, you know, like I come back to just basic literacy. You know, what's literacy? It's reading with understanding, right? Mm. And we don't teach reading with understanding. We're like, can you sound it out so you sound perfect like a robot, right? Uh, and That's then you true. ask. That's true. <laughs> Right. And you, true. So so I could probably teach like like learn to read Russian words, right? And sound them out perfectly. Right. But I can like read. Help you. <laughs> but it doesn't help me in any way, right? So I can't claim literacy because I sound out words, but that's how it's being taught, and that's the problem. And they're you know, I'm actually going right back to Vedic principles. Uh, you know, some of the oldest knowledge in the world. <laughs> you know, all study must be based on understanding right there is no purpose you know and then think of this yourself right anything you don't understand you need to memorize but anything you understand you have no problem it's part of you you know you have well no i don't problem. know i i gotta tell you i think the world is changing we gotta get out of here in a minute but i want to yeah. tell you this i do believe the world is changing because people don't just accept what's told to them anymore people have now started to search for the truth there's a lot of truth seekers out there right now who said you know there what? is and that's wonderful yeah i don't believe it so i'm gonna check it out for myself and that's kind of what you've done you've gone and you've lived it and you've checked it out for yourself because you yeah. needed to really help. And I think it's fantastic. How can people help? How can people get in touch with you before we get out of here today, William? We All right. Well, you know, we have charityunited.us is our website. You know, and like okay. you said earlier, I have a little gift on there for people if they want, you know, it's a little illustrated grammar book, you know, oh, nice. teach, you know, it, and that's like normally the follow-up of all of the elephants. Once you know how to use all the small words, then it's like, okay, how do you compose sentences? You know, and what are the parts that we, have it all illustrated so you can just see what it is right yeah very and nice. we're not assuming that you're a literacy uh, like a professor you know in you know we write it so it's understandable okay um yeah get to our website you know and uh you have a nice uh, website i checked it out you guys um the organization is charity united and it's charity united is it.com or .org .us us okay yeah. US, you guys and you got to check it out william thank you you've enlightened me you've actually set a fire on you know because i've had this fire about this for a while now and i'm thinking i've got to do something and, and you know we just can't sit by and talk about it we all have to start to gather together and do something about our communities and i'm so I, you happy. know you're so right you know you're so right you know and this is the one big difference you know people lo love to talk about stuff there's an, an entirely different stage when you start to do something, right? Yeah. Because yeah. talk is easy. Yeah. But doing is a whole different, yeah. Bog. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just, I have to give you and Megan credit for all the work you've done, you guys. This is William Tucker and it's charityunited.us, you guys. You got to check it out. We're going to get out of here for today, but thanks for coming. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure. All right, you guys, if you are interested in a psychic reading or if you want to read about some of my new information on my website, go to nancyyearall.com. You can listen to us on the podcast on Spotify. You can hear us on Apple. You can also watch us on Binge TV. We've got quite a few channels streaming and you can check us out on YouTube. All right. This is Nancy Yearall. This is High Road to Humanity. Everybody take care and God bless.